Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Jam Room Podcast. You're with me, Scott. And it hasn't been a long time since the last episode, and I kind of wanted to do this episode a little later, but I realised it was kind of Australian-themed, and it's Australia Day coming up. So, happy Australia Day, everybody. This is the Australia Day episode for you. Um where we get to revel in a whole bunch of great Australian music and all that sort of stuff and uh, hopefully take a break from all the bullshit controversies around this day. For, for you guys that are from Australia, you know this. For you other guys, let me bring you up to speed a little bit. Um, on the 26th of January, Australia celebrates Australia Day, which seems harmless enough unless you're a native Australian, an Aboriginal Australian, then it seems to be a bit of a point of controversy, or if you're a fucking white liberal that wants to defend somebody, it's a day for you to get upset as well. So um, in today's episode, we're going to go around a whole bunch of great Australian music, and we're going to revel in that a little bit. And you know what? I'm going to, at the start of this, kind of address some of the controversy around this day a little bit, at least give you my two cents on it. And guess what? It's worth less than two cents so you know take it with a grain of salt um but either way australia day we celebrate every year normally on australia day up until a few years ago um people used to just have nice barbecues and celebrate and hang out with friends and family and just just party on a big fireworks celebration in the city and stuff like that um but a couple of years ago um one of our big radio stations here in australia called triple j they decided to get all PC on us and move their Hottest 100 list, which used to be aired on Australia Day, and that was a big part of the Australian culture, was that we would listen to the hot, Hottest 100, um, celebrate great music, and just celebrate Australia and what it means to be Australian and how we're all in this together and all that sort of stuff. Um, but they decided that it was a little bit controversial to do it that, so they moved it away from it. So now Australia Days are a little bit more boring because we don't have the input of some shithouse Australian radio station trying to tell us what to listen to. Um, so whether that's good or bad, who knows? Um, but either way, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to to sort of um, change the date of Australia Day um, or rename it. Let's call it Invasion Day or something like that because, let's face it, just like with, with most countries out there, at some point they were invaded happens all over the place. Um, and, and you know what? <laughs> no, no one cares. I'm just going to come out and say that. No one fucking cares what the date is because we're not actually celebrating what that date was or what the hell it meant or anything like that. We, no, one, no one cares. No one cares. When, when, when I was a kid growing up, um, Australia Day just meant celebrating what it is to be Australian and that we're all in this together. We've got a long way to go, but we've come so far. So let's just take a day to celebrate our nation. And that was it. That was it. That's all it meant. It wasn't about the first fleet. It wasn't about fucking the British coming over here or anything. like. It, it had nothing to do with that. And in fact, if you look back through the history books, like when the first fleet came here, it wasn't even called fucking Australia. It was New Holland. Um, Australia didn't form as a country till. Years and years and years and years and years later, nearly 100 years later, in 1901, on January 1st, we signed the Constitution to become Australia, um, and we brought that into action, and it has nothing to do with all that other sort of stuff in the past. It was just a date. It, it doesn't really signify anything. It's not really the day that the First Fleet came. 
I think it's got something to do with the um, the day that they, they, they raised the Union Jack or whatever. Guess what? That's still not our flag. It's a little bit of our flag. Um, but it has nothing to do with what the fuck we're celebrating here. I did not know that we were actually celebrating genocide. But apparently we are. So everyone's saying Invasion Day and all these fucking white people, you know, partying on about the place as if they're celebrating genocide. It's enough already. Come on. We're not celebrating all those things. That's not what the date really means. We're trying to fucking celebrate unity here. And so I'm, um, yeah, I'm a little bit perturbed as to, as to how to uh, address this a little bit right now because I don't want to sound like I'm on the team of like white colonialism sort of bullshit because obviously that's bullshit. Um, but I also don't want to be on the super progressive side saying that changing the date fucking matters. Because uh, if we change the date but we're celebrating the same thing, then what the hell gain have you made? You with me? It doesn't matter what date it is if we're celebrating the same thing, and apparently, according to these people, we're celebrating genocide. Uh, no one is celebrating genocide. When I was a kid and I used to go down to the foreshore in the city and watch the fireworks display, I thought we were just cheering on some beautiful fireworks to celebrate this great nation. Um, but it turns out we were actually cheering on um, a metaphor for the destruction of the Aboriginal culture that we inflicted. I was not aware of this, but who knows? Um, come on, guys, let's get serious here for a second here. No one's celebrating the fucking genocide that happened. We have a rough history. A lot of countries have a rough history, and we're trying to fucking deal with it. We're trying to celebrate the dealing with it. Does that make sense? We've got a long way to go. We've come a long way. Let's just take a day to celebrate the fact that we're on this journey together. We're all in this shit together, guys. Um, I don't care what the fuck color of your skin, your culture, your creed. It doesn't fucking matter if you're an Australian and you're here in Australia. Celebrate Australia Day for what the fuck it means to you. If it means just being Australian like most of us out here, let's just fucking celebrate that. Um... And so, yeah, this is going to be your Australia Day special, guys. Sorry to be such a downer at the start, but it is what it is, guys. They've made this um, political. They've tried to politicize this. It happens every fucking year. Guess what? I celebrate Christmas and I, my family has nothing to do with Christianity. Jesus is never mentioned in the entire Christ, uh, Christmas period. Um, doesn't mean that we should change the date or pretend it's something else because it offends somebody else. It's like, what the fuck? I celebrate Christmas for the reasons I celebrate Christmas, which is to fucking hang out with family. It's got nothing to do with the birth of Christ or anything like that. It's just it's an excuse to spoil my family and get involved with it, right? And so it doesn't matter what the fuck the date is. Change the fucking date. It doesn't matter. But if you're going to change the date, also let's redefine what the fuck we're going to actually celebrate when it comes to Australia Day. Because if there's a bunch of people out there that really think that there's people celebrating genocide out there, I've yet to meet one, and those people are fucking assholes, fuck them, let them have their own little party on the 26th of January. But change the date. Who the, who the fuck cares? If it makes you happy, I mean, I don't think doing these token gestures um, to those that have grievances is going to make a difference at all. But you know what might make a difference is redefining what the fuck we mean by Australia Day. And here's what I mean. We're celebrating the country we live in 
and that the, the fucking fact that we're all in this together and that we better work together and let's unify and let's move forward and let's fix all these problems and let's just celebrate that unity. That's what I celebrate with Australia Day. Um, with some great music, hanging out by the pool, whatever. Change the date, but you know, don't change it to a fucking shit day of the year. You know what I mean? Australia Day is perfect where it is, not because the 26th of January actually meant anything historically, but because it's an actual fine day most of the time in Australia. It's summer, it's school holidays, uh, we've just gotten over all the bullshit of the Christmas fucking tirade that's gone on, so we're all finally starting to get some money back in our accounts or whatever. It's a good day to celebrate. So you change the date, but not too much, because I don't want to be celebrating this in some bumfuck Tuesday in July, um, where it's horrible outside and we can't all get together and all that sort of bullshit. So change the date, but you know, come on, factor in the weather here a little bit. And the 26th is pretty nice. And if it means something to you and, and, and just that actual date is abhorrent to you somehow, well then... I don't know, maybe check yourself before you wreck the rest of the fucking country. Because, uh, let's face it, no one's actually celebrating genocide over here. Uh, you know what's fucking funny? Is um, over this whole period, there's also been like calls to change the Australian national anthem to include a, like, um, a verse spoken in, in an Aboriginal tongue. And, you know, I'm not a scholar on this history or whatever, but what I did learn in school about the Aboriginal language is that there isn't one of them. There is hundreds of them. And so who knows what the fuck we're saying? And they, they always try and preach to us about um, cultural appropriation, right? How, you know, it, it, it's, you know, bad to have dreadlocks now. I had dreadlocks for like 10 or 11 years. And I didn't know I was being racist the whole time. But apparently certain things like that, you know, or it, it comes across as cultural appropriation. You can't wear an Asian dress to a prom or anything like that if you're a white girl. And, um... It is what it is, but isn't changing one of the verses of our national anthem into a language that no one understands and no one really listens to, isn't that just lip service cultural appropriation still? Isn't it that? I don't know. I don't know. To force a whole nation of people that, that are English-speaking, and I, I, I've yet to meet um, an Aboriginal person that actually speaks Aboriginal as a first language, yet to meet one, doesn't mean they don't exist, it, it it just means that I don't really know what's going on. I'm absolutely fucking naive to this topic, guys. But either way, I, I see hypocrisy when I see hypocrisy. And these sorts of things seem to crop up a little bit, you know. Like for instance, for this Australia Day, um, people are saying like, well, still celebrate Australia Day, but, but wear a black t-shirt as a sign of solidarity to our, our, our native brothers and sisters. Which I'm all for. If that's what they need, that's what they need. Again, it's just a token gesture. It's, it's what it is. But you know what? It's not enough. I, I say that we all go down and we all party in full black. Not just black shirts, black face. Let's do it like that, shall we? And see wh where the lines of cultural appropriation and fucking um, sentiment sort of lies here. Because you can't have one without the other. Obviously, I'm joking, guys. Don't go out and celebrate blackface. It's a bit of a taboo. But let's just celebrate Australia and the fact that we're all in this fucking together, guys. No one's celebrating genocide. We're all eating a bag of dicks out here. And we've got to figure this out together. It's the only way forward. So let's celebrate 
progress and let's f- celebrate the next step for Australia as a united people. It is what it fucking is, guys. I understand the past is sketchy. I had nothing to do with it. And everybody alive today had nothing to do with it. So let's just fucking relax for a little bit, hey? Just relax. No one's out there celebrating fucking the domination of a fucking culture. Come on, give us a break. It's Australia. We don't have culture. What the fuck culture are you talking about? (laughs) Anyway, anyway, so this is the Australia Day special. Um... And it's going back to the debut album thing that we've been talking about. And this is coming out the same day that the last episode was. Um, we was talking to Curtis about um, just sort of our personal favorites or whatever. This episode, I've got a good friend of the podcast, John Bannerman. Um, sorry, John, I didn't mean to say your surname. It is what it is. Uh, you know John uh, from singing on a song. I think the episode was, uh, I can't remember what number. I think we called it Arcasanti. When we were talking about Pussifer and he sung a Pussifer song. Or, yeah, either way, he's part of the cast of characters on this little podcast here. And uh, John's a bit more knowledgeable as far as Australian stuff goes. He's been on this planet quite a bit longer than us. And he's from Australian roots. You know, I'm a first generation Australian myself. So my parents didn't really listen to Australian music because they didn't get it or know it or grow up with it. Um, but his did, and so he was exposed a, uh, a lot earlier than I was, and so we were able to get into the fucking little nitty-gritty of great debut Australian albums, and when I went down this particular rabbit hole, guys, like I said, it's a fun rabbit hole of just debut albums to go down, but then to sort of specify certain things, I mean, obviously if you're in the States, you're going to have a way bigger pool to draw from, just because that's where, excuse me. That's where the, the entertainment industry lives. But here in Australia, we have a, um, a disappointing music industry, I would say. Something like that, where we, we don't really put a lot of money. There's not a lot of, of funding for it. There's not a lot of exposure. It's very, very hard to tour with it and all that sort of stuff. So it's um, it's even more impressive if you bec- become an artist that has any notoriety at all. So it was, it was kind of cool to go down this one. Like, There's a lot of bands that I had heard of but didn't even know were Australian which was fucking fire I really uh, appreciated that did it give me a sense of national pride not really I don't know these people I don't get pride in that sort of way it is what it is but still they're Australian and we're going to celebrate them in this little podcast here so coming up next is a little conversation um, with John um, about all the great Australian debut albums and I hope you have yourself a great Australia Day um, don't do the things that I suggested. I was just trying to make a point there. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but don't feel bad for celebrating Australia and how we're all in this together, guys. Like, uh, I'm, I'm sick of being accused of being a fucking uh, a moral degenerate because of something cultural that doesn't mean the things that other people are trying to say it is. And I, I think I made that a bit clear. You understand what I'm fucking talking about, guys. Anyway, so here's a, here's a conversation with John. I'm going to chat to you guys on the other side here. And I'll leave you with some music as well. Um, so a great Australian debut albums that meant a lot to Australia. And most of these, I don't actually even like myself, but I can absolutely appreciate their cultural significance. And that's what comes across on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy, guys. That's what's coming up next. 
shouldn't take long at all. So yeah, welcome John to the podcast. How are you, dude? I'm really good. Yeah. Really good. Thanks, Scotty. Uh, yeah, cheers for that. We have been sitting here hanging out the whole time anyway, so it feels a bit weird to ask you how you're doing. Yeah. I know how you're doing. You're, you're doing fine. Mate, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Anyway, thanks for coming on. Um, in the last little section that I recorded w- with Curtis, that'll be on an episode probably before this, I'll probably chuck them both out in the same week or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we got into the subjective sort of stuff that was, you know... The debut albums that meant a lot to was in those formulative years. Yeah, yeah. It was completely just, there was no metric to measure it. It was just because we liked them, right? Uh, So this one, we've got a little more of a metric, Mm. which is that it's kind of in the Australian cultural zeitgeist a little bit, right? So we're going to try and tackle great debut songs or great debut albums, really, that have great songs. Yep, but because they have good songs. Yeah, so great debut albums. Um from Australian bands um, because it's part of the Australian sort of uh, social zeitgeist that I said, right? Mm. Um, mm. So they get played a lot on the radio, they've stood the test of time, or they were just uh, of huge impact, whatever it happens to be. We'll try and get to this Australian thing a little bit. And John's a little older and a little wiser on this topic. It's uh, a tiny little bit. Yeah, so he's um, got a little bit more to offer than I do. So I've made some notes. Uh, the way we did it with Curtis... Maybe not wiser. As far as this music goes, you definitely know a lot more than me. I'm a first-generation Australian, so Australian rock wasn't really played even growing up as a kid. It's only what I heard on the radio, so I have a very limited sort of view into this. Right. But I've gotten more as an adult, so I definitely know if it's if it's um, something worth recognizing, right? Right. Something like that. Right. I've at least heard of a lot of this stuff. I might not know it intimately, but I've heard of it. And well, if I haven't heard of it, then it doesn't really qualify. <laughs> we'll see about that. Um, so I um I grew up um, I guess first noticing music um would have been around early eighties because I used because mum and dad had split split up. Okay. And so I saw just my, some of my first memories were sitting around like she loved ironing, and I'd just sit around with her and she'd have the radio on and just and just she'd iron and it was all of these memories, all of these sort of songs. Um, okay, so just, yes, yeah, you so, do have a so way better scope eights. than I do. Then yeah, yeah, and so so your list, um, uh, like I said, when I when I did this with Curtis, we kind of went through, sort of um, chronologically by year. Yeah. Um, even though that might not be necessarily when you've heard these songs or or whatever, it's just a, at least a way to get through the fucking list because I've got a list of about eleven or twelve albums here yeah. that are. Of Australian impact, yeah, you, you, yeah. you might need to do a second, second. Yeah, this, oh, dude, it was a fun to, rabbit hole. Like, yeah. like it was fun enough just to do debut albums of things that I liked anyway, and bands that I knew of, yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. But then to just go through Australian bands, like I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was a bit of a proud moment. ABC put out this publication um, DVD uh, sort of doco. Uh, Mum gave it to me, I think, for my thirtieth or something like that, and and it was it was just the ABC documenting Aussie history in pop and, pop music and rock music from from its inception. Far out. And uh, so you know, talking Bee Gees and you know, 
like Daryl Braithwaite, you know, as a really young, Absolutely. real young yeah. and that, really young. And, By the way, are the you know, BGs on your John, list? John Farnham. Because I forgot all about them. Fuck. Well, well I, I just wouldn't have rated their first album. Okay, okay, that, that makes okay. sense because I know of them, but if it's but not their first album, it doesn't count. So that's what we're going with, right? So we're going to have a whole bunch of honourable no, mentions though, because yeah. of other yeah. albums. We probably should As far as the Australian stuff goes, we, we, yeah, we've got to acknowledge them for sure. Should acknowledge them in falsetto, but I'm going to make a fool of myself, so I won't. No. Um, so the, the years that I've got, I've got my earliest ones going down to 1975, 1975. Um, up to around 2008-ish. Because I still kind of uh, trapped myself in that little that little window because at least I have... Uh, yeah, the, no. the test of time has said you've, whether or not they've stood up. Yeah, and look, we're talking about... It's just also in the subjectiveness. You know, oh, we're both... You know, we like, there's albums on here that a lot of people wouldn't like, wouldn't, wouldn't, care, wouldn't care for at all, you know? Yeah. Sorry about that. There's... Um, yeah, there's. Uh, we'll see how we go. Okay. All right. So, do you want to start off, or do you want me to start off with? I think you better start off. All right. So, I think I have to. I've got two for 1975. Um, one of them is just because it's become basically an Australian identity, let alone a cult phenomena or anything like that. Underneath is ACDC. I had to start there. Did you get that on your list? No, I didn't have ACDC. You didn't have the High Voltage album from 1975, which has songs like fucking Long Way to the Top and TNT on it. I knew you were going to have it. Uh, I have to have it. I don't necessarily like it. It's not... But I have to fucking respect that album for sure. To come out of the gate with TNT in 75 is insane. And um, I'd probably get beaten up if I didn't mention it, being an Australian, right? Uh, Yeah, sure. And... You're totally right about that, you know, getting beaten up. About, but I'm, to be honest, I've just not, something about ACDC that yeah, I, I don't just, care. Uh, it, it just yeah. hasn't, um, it didn't pick me up and smash me like it, like it should have, like it, like it did a lot of, like most of 99% of the rest of the you know, I know, population. I know. But they, they probably handed you a copy of this album with your birth certificate if yeah. you're an Australian. Well, yeah. Um, so what about uh, so yeah okay I'll give okay, you okay so seventy five I'll give you that. do you want me to continue with seventy five because I've got one that might be on your list as far as an Australian royalty band goes because let's face it ACDC kind of falls in that category of only really becoming massive in Australia because of international fame anyway and there's going to be a bunch of bands on my list that that's this, that's true for as well that Australia didn't give too much of a fuck about them but then they blew up. Mm. The rest of the world, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we embrace them. Mm. ACDC is kind of in that category, man. I know they had some success throughout Australia, whatever, but it was local. It wasn't the cultural phenomena until they um, got big in the states, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Am I wrong about that? No, um, no, no. You're right. Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's not too accurate. I'm trying to speak pretty uh, general, so it might not be too accurate to ACDC particularly. But a bunch of bands on my list. That's definitely true of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that we didn't I, I, know about them until they blew up elsewhere, right? Yep. And that's the Australian way. We don't have a great music um, sort of pop scene as as far as uh, a, a good money generator goes, right? You make a hell of like the best advice you can give any musician in Australia is move to LA. Yeah, and that's unfortunately true. Unfortunately true. Our market here is not big enough. 
Yeah, we don't have that many people. It literally comes down to how many people yeah. and how many dollars we're willing to yeah. spend. It. It's not, you, a, lot. You can not only, a lot. You can only drive around the country so many kinds, so many times. Oh, like, doing in, a tour in, in Australia is a before, fucking nightmare. Before you kill everyone on the yeah. Bus, Imagine yeah. if you did an entire <laughs> tour of the United States. <laughs> it, it, so you 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 had to go the entire yeah. sort of edge of the United States all the way through the United States, all that travel distance, but you actually only played five shows. Yeah. It's that kind of distance, right? It's it's pretty fucked up. Anyway, anyway, so um, seventy five. Do you want me to continue with that? Have you got one in that year as well, or have you? Uh, no. Oh. When's your first one? Look, my first one's seventy four. Um, should have gone first. Should have jumped in. Well, I, I'm well, gonna, go, I'm, go for seventy four well, first. Well, well, you can you can you can twiddle with the fiddle fiddle with the you know. Okay. The thing I later on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love and, a twiddling and a fiddling. And um, so, so look, I'm going to start off with. Like uh, the the origins to, to this band that I'm talking, or to this because you know, he went solo, and we're talking about the Easy Beats. All right. Uh, so Easy Beats were were sort of early '60s, um, uh, sort of mid '60s, going got it, get, um, dominating, uh, you know, around the world. You know, they they were, they were one of those. Yeah. Um, but what the album that I'm talking about is when Stevie Wright, the lead singer, went solo in '74 with Hard Road. Okay. okay, so so the album's not the Easy Beats. The album is no. This is this is the Hard Road by Stevie Wright when he went Stevie solo. Wright. Yeah, he went solo in seventy four. All right, so what what do we know from that album? So uh, Evie, Evie. Yeah. Evie oh, Evie, holy Evie, shit! Evie, holy Evie. shit! Yeah. Okay, Stevie fucking All right. Wright. Wow. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. yeah. See, Steve. that's one of those ones I did not even uh, know was Australian. Uh, and so, so, yeah. Well, that's right. So Evie um, let your hair hang down. Evie let your, your hair hang down. Stevie Wright was a wow. madman. He was a fucking madman, like, and like, so that that that, that yeah, debuted on yeah. his first solo project. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Shit. And the album's called Hard Road. Hard Road. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Mm. Fucking um, one that like that I've got again. It's it's still one of those ones that like yours. It's got like one massive hit on it. Yeah. It's fucking Skyhooks in '75. Right. Eh. Oh, uh, with horror movie. Sure. Sure, right? Mate, that, sure. That was, Everybody knows the song mate, horror movie. Yep. Mate, that was that wasn't the only hit from that, was it? There might have been a few others, but when when I was going through them, that really stood yeah. the fuck out to me. Oh yeah. Well, they've they've got to be mentioned because I can dead like I, I wasn't alive back then, but I definitely know that fucking song. So it stood the test of time. I can objectively say it's bigger than my taste for it. Mm. Something like that, right? So we're still in seventy. So we're, uh, all right. Well, uh, what's your what's your next one on your list? So the one after, I don't. I've. I've. If you go through them and try and see what dates you've got down there, seventy seven is my next one. Seventy seven, because I've got nothing else until like eighty one. All right. Well, I'll I'll go with I'll go with one from the seventy seven. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about um, a band who inspired Sex Pistols. And who are renowned to have been the world's first uh, punk band. Um, so uh, according to the to the those who know. So <laughs> All right, go on, so go talk, on. So talking about the, the suspense Saints, is killing me. The Saints, the Saints, and with the with the song "Stranded" in 1977. All right, shit. Yep. I think I know the song. You'd have to know the song. That's I it. definitely know the Saints. I've definitely heard yeah. of them. And I stranded, baby, on my own. Yeah, I'm stranded, baby, on your all, all right. alone. Stranded yeah, yeah. on my own. Seventy-seven, and that was Australian. Yeah. All right, sweet. Yeah, I think they're Brizzy. I don't, I don't know if it's <laughs> it's if it's one of those songs that you hear a lot nowadays, but the impact's through the roof. So, yeah, we definitely got to count that one. 
All right. So we've been through, what's that, three or four albums now? Yep. Um, what's your next year? It's time for a break, is it? No, no. Uh, no well, you, <laughs> light a cigarette and have a beer at any time then. <laughs> just tell you, it's recess time. So, um, look, I've got, um, I've got here, I throw one right, right out the back. Billy Fields. What year? What album? I think it's 1980. 1980. And the, and the album, um, I think it's just self-titled, Billy Fields. Um, so the song is Bad Habits. And you weren't in love with me. Yeah, these two massive songs, and they were huge. And they've been, you can't, you know, bad habits. I can't help myself. Bad habits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. I've heard it covered a bunch. Yeah. Probably more than the original, to be honest. Uh, Yeah. And and then the other one, you weren't in love with You weren't, you weren't in love with me. Yeah. That was good, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty much the whole song uh, um, in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I still don't know that one, but either way, Billy I definitely Fields. know Bad Habits. Aussie. Billy Fields. Aussie. Heard the name. It's yeah. lived up. Played piano. was was sensational. Right. Like, it was a real quirky looking, looking like, I only see him do it. Real quirky. Glasses and stuff? Yeah. Total, total milk, milk, milk about. bottle yeah. glasses. Yeah. 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 And he just looked really like. weird guy. He looked like he'd been through, he'd been, you knew what he was talking about. I like. I think he, he had a glass of water on the, on top of the you know, <laughs> piano, and you know, it was just yeah. Was, All right, you so knew, knew it should, should have been a beer, you know. Nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty. So we're moving on from nineteen eighty. Do you have anything else that year? Can we get into the like the eighties? Yep, the eighty somethings. Because yep, yep, yep. I've got um, and we might be agreeing on this in eighty one. I have men at work. Good one. Did you have that? No. It's not on your list? No. Because they came out strong. Uh, So 81, the album's called Business As Usual. And fucking, uh, comes out strong with like, who can it be now? I think that's track one. One or two on the album. Wow. Is that. And that's played all the fucking time. Wicked. I hear that all the time. And Down Under was on that album. (laughs) Their first album. First album they come out with Down Under. Mental. I didn't know that. That's just insane. It's just insane. So Massively mm. on the list with a yeah. big stamp next to it because that's pretty much the new Australian national anthem. Yeah. Even though they got sued ages later or whatever about ripping for, off a fucking I, I, I think, stupid melody. I think they lost too. Yeah, they had yeah. to pay it out. Yeah. That little melody, that little yeah. run there, it's like, yeah, but that's what makes it feel Australian, yeah. you bastards. Like, yeah. don't rob it of that. Come on, don't be bitter about your... I, th- I think it's similar. So, I think it's just, it might, I don't know if it's, it doesn't sound like the same song as that to me. I don't reckon. I don't think it's trying to be a cover, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they came out of the gate strong. That was 81, man. When's your next date? You're right. Um, I'm going to go with. Ooh. In excess. Okay, okay. That was on my shout-out list because I didn't recognize songs from that first album. And so, I listened so, to the first album today. Right. What was that? Shabu Shabar? Yep. Right. I didn't recognize that it was two words spelled differently. I thought it was just Shabu Shabu. No. <laughs> yeah. The, the, look. So it's, the, the, the problem with this type of with this task today and the list is that 
mentioning bands like In Excess and calling them a shout out is like because because. But 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 what from that album is well, iconic? I'm not I'm not saying anything from that album is iconic. It's off the list. Look, I'm not saying, I, and that's not not why you think. It's just that the next album for me was. Just uh, all right. So, so I gotta, bring, I gotta bring the listener in on a little something because there's like this whole time that uh, I brought up this debut album thing to John, yeah. he's been coming back at me saying you should do best second albums, yeah, because there's right. so many bands that flourished on their second album. Yeah. There's so many good second albums. So this is bleeding in. I told you to bracket yeah. that, man. That's oh, no, for another I, time. Because yeah. <laughs> right. I agree with you, man. Right. I just, yeah, I just. I, could not not mention that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I've got yeah. one from ninety uh, from nineteen eighty two. Right. Um. Just because again, it's incredibly yep. Australian. Yep. Ice House. Ice House. Good one. Eighty two. The the album is Primitive Man, and it has great Southern land on it. <laughs> Does it? Debut I, album. Ivor Davies. What a legend. What a legend. Ivor Davies. Yeah. Yep. So that that one just and and th- these are all before I was born, but I. Yeah, I recognize the impact. I recognize it's a yeah. cultural phenomena. Great Southern Land is played all the time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, got to be on the list, right? Yeah. All right. Okay. I've got to hit. Oh, I got to hit back now. And I'm like, this is like, as Australians, we um, we tend to claim you know any really good Kiwi acts, you know, because like you know we we look after them really. They can't really say they're a different country to Australia. You, know, always, so you can't put Fat Freddy's so, Drop on the list. I've so already no, talked about it, man. No, so, so I'm not, I'm not, not saying, saying. I'm saying Crowded House. Okay. Australian members. Dude, if you Google like Australian bands, Crowded House comes up. Does it? Yeah. See, that's that's the old Aussie, that's the yeah. old rule about so claiming yeah, them. According yeah, it's, to it's Google, good. they're, they're yeah. Australian. So yeah. that's all it takes, really. Yeah, they've lived here most of their lives anyway, let's face it. Did they get big here? Oh, they got massive here, huge. Here. But were because they were performing here first. Oh no, no, no! I think they they were a Kiwi band. I don't know much about them. So, so we're talking the brother of the of the guy from Split Ends. Okay. And the two brothers, so there's three brothers, I think, and two of them played in Split Ends, and the other didn't, and and then he came and. Look, All right, that's really sketchy, um, history on it. But like, yeah, that. Yeah. Incredible musos, the whole family, and so they did split ends prior to Crowded House. So all right, so they're already so the first album because I have Crowded House again on my shout out. Tim list. Finn, do you? Yep. So what are the big tracks from that album? What's the album? What year? What are we talking? All right, so it's uh, don't dream it. Uh, Crowded House, Crowded House mm-hmm. album and the songs. Uh, one or two of songs are uh, Don't Dream It's Over and World Where You Live. Okay. Yeah, I think then they did after this album they did Wooden Face, where yeah, they yeah, had yeah. chocolate cake and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and that, that just went. I think that was when they hit MTV for that album. But anyway, yeah, this first album was pretty pretty classy album. Don't dream it's over. What a song! What, what a All song. right, sick. And yeah. what year did you say? Eighty. Um, I didn't have a year for that. All right, I think it's eighty five. All right, 85. Well, let me look through my little list here because I might be starting to get into... I've got really fucking nothing in the 90s around here for, I'll, for a while. I've got, an, I've got an 84. I've got, I got a little bit in the 90s, but not a lot. got a big shout out in the 90s. Yeah. But you've got an 84? I've got an 84. I've got, All the, right. I've got the Hoodie Gurus. I, dude, I was looking into them. 
Mate, Stone Age Romeos, what an album, first album. Yeah, Stone Age with uh, My Girl, um, uh, Leilani, um, I think Tojo is on the album. It's unreal, unreal. Oh, really? Album. Yeah, unreal. I don't know why I glossed over that. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Hoodoo Guru is 84. Is that, that was that was eighty four. Yep, yep. Debut album. Yep. You you don't you don't get a lot of their new stuff now. That might have been one of those bands that kind of faded into obscurity a little bit. Yeah, um, uh, they they get talked about, but yeah, not, yeah. nothing about their new music. No, you're, you're totally right. I think they, I think they look, I, and I lost. You know how when you, you know, you move, some bands you just you don't keep up with, mm. which is stupid probably in most cases because it's probably classic stuff. Um, but I'm I'm guilty of it with some bands, you know, it shits me. But uh, well, bands bands got to make you want to move with them. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. But okay. Um, you go. So I think you went. You you've got another. Do you have another? I don't 80s? have another 80s, but I've got a. I'm, I'm into the 90s next. I think. Where's that fucking pen? Passes that pen. Let me there just cross go. these off as we go, so yep. I know where I'm up to, man. All right. Um, because I yeah, I have a few in the 90s. Um, yeah, what have you got? Yeah. Have you got anything prior? Um, uh, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I've, I think I've, I've got first one's ninety one. All right, that's before mine. Is I got a ninety five. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'll uh, you'll go with um, Baby Animals. Okay. Perth band. Yeah. Susie yeah. Demarchi. Susie Demarchi married Nuno Betancourt. Not bad bloodline to start marrying into is a little old WA person. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Well, they have they have the connection. Like, should Susie? Don't ask you. I mean, she is a goddess. Like, don't tell me. I mean, I'm not saying that she, you know, needed needed any, anything to propel her. She was with Susie Damachi. Yeah. Yeah. She she was just wicked, red hot, just red hot. So like, for you know, um. So what's the album? Is it just uh, Baby it's Animals? Baby Animals, yep. And um, so we got Rush You. Oh, so no, no. The album's called Baby, Baby something. But, um, hang on, I'll get it right in a minute. And a song is Rush You and Early Warning. Okay. Yeah, I remember Early Warning. Yeah. And they were both, they were just staples on radio, but you know, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, see, that, I, I didn't really go down that because like Baby Animals to be because there's always been that connection. I didn't know about the Baby Animals till later in life, and I was already working at a place whose owner had a, you know, sister is Susie Jamachi. So I always knew oh, the Baby Animals through that. Yeah, right, I've right. I've, um, I've jammed with Nuno Betancourt before, right? Um, through that connection, so for like five minutes, not even. Let's say two minutes. Doesn't even matter. But either way, right. fucking yeah. Nuno and Susie used to come into town, and that's where they would hang it. So I, but I just never looked into their music and never really cared. So I was like, oh yeah, I know Baby Animals because I've kind of heard that connection and I've met yep. them a few times. Yeah, nothing that, that, to do with their music though. <laughs> Did look into it. Yeah. Oh no, I should check check out. That. What year was that? You said 91. 90, 91. 91. Yeah. All right. So the nineties things start getting. Fucking spicy in the nineties. I'm a huge fan of um, a hell of a lot of nineties things. I'm a fan yep. of fucking uh, like the best movies came out in the nineties. The best, um, yeah, yeah. Grab another beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grab me one, man. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll have one of them. Um, but a lot of weird, interesting things. And uh, like when I was talking to Curtis with a lot of our personal favorites, like a lot of the fucking the weird new metal shit started coming out. There's a lot of experimental sort of weirdness going on in the 90s. And um, the two bands that I have and the two debut albums of Australian stuff, as far as their contribution goes to the 90s, I reckon yeah. are pretty significant. Something happened in the, ni- in the late 80s, early 90s, didn't it? It, it, it did, it did. The, everything changed. Everything changed just leading into the 90s. Like um, the birth of grunge, the, the, the birth of um, yeah. uh, like pop, and then the collisions all between and that diverse spectrum that kind of rainbowed out of that. There was a lot of weird risk-taking. Some was really good. Some was really bad. Some stood up. Some some didn't. Um, but the yeah. uh, the nineties were fucking wild, man. In the nineties, they 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 worked out that you know synth was good, but you didn't have to have it all the time. Mm. Yeah, and 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 guitar solos were good. You didn't need them all the time, right? <laughs> They they had to figured be, out to that be used as effects. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, you and could you it, could argue that it it was the the start of the dumbing down of pop music because it was like um, the boy band era. Like we we started getting all the fucking um, yeah yeah the, the weird Backstreet Boys and um who were those other dudes that always wore white fucking Boyzone? Yeah. I think that might have been called. You couldn't get a gayer name than that, man. Boyzone, like Jesus Christ, thing, thing Spice gay, Girls, all that they, stuff. That was all nineties. They, they right? loved it in a gay, in a good, good way. It was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome if you liked dance music. Dude, they could sing like, like fucking yeah. angels. Mate, the choreography was amazing. They're dancing yeah. all over the place. I Absolutely, remember, remember that was amazing. And, uh, yeah. and along that line, one of my bands. Are. So, so the next one I've got is ninety-five. What do you have between ninety-one and ninety-five? Got anything oh. there? Ninety. Um, Ooh. I don't think I do. I think All right. Well, I'm going to jump in with 95. Silver Chair, Frog Stomp. Yeah, go on. Nice one. Very nice one. The song Tomorrow, still a banger to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's one of those albums you'd want to shout out as a second album was really where it took flight because it did. That's mm. for sure. But that album was still Shit. fucking something, man. It was like a, Australia's um, response to grunge. Great first album. It was amazing. Okay. Frog Stomp was huge. Yeah. 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 A lot, and, a lot and, of things hold up. And they are, I guess, really the only, the only um, participants from Australia, really, that really made it in the, uh, internationally in the grunge. In yeah, the, absolutely. Really, and, but, it, like, but that's the thing. I don't really know of, of any of these bands that we've talked about's impact Globally, I don't really know about that. I don't like. I, I mm. definitely know ACDC hit hard, right? I, I fucking, I'm not yeah. that tone deaf, but I don't know if fucking Silverchair really hit it. I don't know if any of these guys really hit it as much yeah. as they did here. Like the Skyhooks, I don't know if um, horror movie is a, is a is a song that everybody in the world knows. Okay, like, well, hey, they no, they do. Everyone's so everyone. Yeah, but I, I'm not too sure because it's an Australian thing. It might have just been in the Australian yeah. fucking. Airwaves, who knows? Who knows? Anyway, anyway, so that was my 95. I've got a 97. Do you have a 97? We haven't had a matching pair yet, John. Me and Curtis, uh, sorry, Curtis and I, had a lot in common. Yeah. Well, well we, we're, really, we're really getting a, a bit of back and forth here. It's really, really good. That's all right. Um, so what about... Um what about Johnny Butler? 
Well, I know the big songs. I know the big songs. Are they on that first album? No, they're not on the first album. Well, then stop it, John. Johnny, Johnny Butler deserves a right. He deserves a shout-out. He deserves a shout-out. We're going to get to a shout-out list. Let's just get to the oh, shout-out okay. list later on. Right. We'll get okay. to the shout-out list later on because my next one is 97. Do you have anything before 97? Um, no. All right. Savage Garden. Beautiful. Beautiful. I think you have to agree with that. Savage Garden. That what uh, I they had, came I had out that on my list. The fucking other. strong. I yeah. know. I know. You, you you had mentioned it to me. Yeah. And um, oh my god, Savage Garden. At, at, like it's I not the boy band see, thing. I it's not he, the boy band I thing. But it's harmony. Stole, stole that one from me. I didn't steal it. I already I already looked into Savage Garden. Oh yeah. You were just on the same wavelength because they're amazing. To the moon and back is on that album. Fucking oh. truly madly deeply. And break me, shake me, aka breaker me, shaker me. Or whatever. Yeah. Take me, shake me, take me, take me yeah. over. Amazing. Yeah. Right there on their debut album. Yeah. Fucking tremendous. 1997. Yeah. I remember that taking the the local world by storm. Yeah. Everybody was trying to fucking yeah, learn the did. lyrics to those like Chicka Cherry Cola sort of bullshit, whatever it was. Because they sort of took over. And then uh, I, thought, I remember this from the documentary, um, the pop documentary was... Um, I sort of took over from the Kylie Minogue's nineteen like mid eighty late eighties uh, the Stock Ake mm. and Waterman stuff that that was okay. kind of coming out of London, and that's where yeah, that was the view that you know the bloody neighbours stars went there. Then everyone went over and had a sing, you know, and old mate um, Jason Donovan and all that sort of thing. I went over with Stock Ake and Waterman, and that just plugged into their formula of of pop stuff. Yeah. And then, but that, but, but and, to be and, honest, and, like listening to Savage Garden, they're not that pop. No, sort but, of, no, um, no, but they, formulaic they, they, they sort of took hot, they, to they took over from the stock Aiken thing. They came in and just wiped the floor with pop. But when this is at a time when fucking you know Rage Against the Machine was fuck you, you don't do what you tell me, you know, and, and that was happening right then. Yeah. These guys came in and dominated. Yeah. Totally at that time, and they they went yeah. to number ones. They were going to know with the exactly you know, these we, guys. Like the nineties were wild, you, were wild. And this in that this is while Kurt Cobain was seeing fucking rape me, you know, and like yeah, <laughs> and you got and these guys in Brisbane, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the the spectrum widened yeah. really. It, it it got really really diverse in there, and people were pushing boundaries, and they were definitely one of them. I haven't heard another band really like Savage Garden. No, they're definitely like a kind of weird genre. They're kind of BGS ish. If you know what I mean? Like a lot of vocal harmonies, a lot of fucking wicked grooves, wicked hook melodies, wicked rhythms in their vocals and all yes, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But again, beautiful. there was no one else really liked it. Just beautiful yeah. hooks. Just fucking amazing Amazing. Hooks. Hook after hook. These yeah. guys are great. I'm yeah. crossing them off the list. Yeah. And we can move on from that. So that's the 90s. Do you have anything else in the 90s? I don't. Um... In the 90s. Yeah. Because my um, next one, I do have right on 2000. Right on okay. 2000. Yeah, we've missed someone. Uh, we would have missed a million. John, we've missed a lot. Okay, wh- wh- yeah, what no, have you no, just found? I was, so I was saying 1983. What? Divinals. Yeah. Uh, Divinals. I don't really recognize any of their songs, man. Don't you? Not really. I listened to that first album today. Oh. I didn't really recognize any. Yeah. Can't be just looking up things now, John, and trying no, to, try to no, sneak no, them I've, in. No, I'm not. I've got a list here. I'll just let you know. 
Um, all right. No, no. All right. Go back to your... I, 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 is your list exhausted? Yeah. You're out. All right. Well, then see what you have to say about these ones because I only have a few more left anyway, man. And these are more in my generation that I remember them happening throughout high school. Mm-hmm. 2000, Killing Heidi. The Reflector album. The song yeah. Mascara. Yeah. It's still Huge. a fucking played all, all the time. Huge. It's, it's a banger, right? Um, then I've got fucking 2002. And again, this is one of those bands that we didn't give a shit about until they blew up in the States, which is The Vines. Oh, right? Vines. The Vines. Yeah, fucking highly evolved album, that, uh, that, 2002. That is one of my favorite albums ever. Yeah, Get Free is on that, al- on that album, and it's played yep. all the fucking time, and we didn't yep. know about The Vines until they blew up in the States. Yeah. At least here in Perth. I'm not. T- maybe they were big in Melbourne or some shit. I don't fucking know. I wasn't there in 2002. But yeah, so that's yeah. one of that I've got. And then um, I've got in 2003 similar lines jet jet get born i've got get yeah. born yeah get born all right so that, that has fucking are you gonna be my girl um look what you've done cold hard bitch amazing. is on that fucking album amazing album. they came out hot yeah they, and they were beautifully they promoted live up to beautifully it, managed you know they just yeah yeah they took the world by storm yeah um then i've got a 2006 wolf mother i had him too Wolf Mother, so, man. Sadly had Wolf Mother. Yeah. With the Wolf Mother album. Yeah. Um, fucking coming out with Mind's Eye and fucking Joking the Thief at that time. They were mental shit. They were insane. They were, they were played nonstop. Joking the Thief is still played nonstop at yep. every single football game in America you know, before they start. Yep. And ice hockey too, I think. And one that... Uh, 2008, Walking in a Dream by Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun. Yeah. So, so the story, you know, walking about, on a dream. So you know the story about that album. No, go with it. Well, they they released it here, and then ten years later, they re-released it in America. Yeah, and then it got big. Yeah, then not, didn't just got big. Yeah, yeah, got big. Fly going. There's yeah. people. There's people that, but he they've started a cult over there about all about him. <laughs> he he goes. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. Another Perth boy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I did have, like, as far as Perth ones go, I did have, like, there was the 2005 albums of Australian artists, but I talked about them with Curtis, which is The Martyr and, and Cog's um, yeah. New Normal, The yeah. Martyr by Carnival, sorry. Um, so those two albums are definitely there on my fucking list. I, don't, I, can't, I can't actually say that they've entered the cultural zeitgeist at all because it's yeah. nothing you really hear on the radio, really. Yeah. I was going to say more, uh, I'd probably go Little Birdie. Little yeah. Birdie, um, Big Big Love, 2004. Okay. Which was um, that was pretty big. Debut, yeah, yeah, and that was her brother's old mate, isn't it? From Sleepy Jackson. From, oh yeah, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. Um, what are they called? No, Team Impala. No, no. What are you talking about? The Carnival. No. What are we talking about? Um, you're pointing to something. It was a band before that. It would be big in America that I said um, that, that I said that Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun. So, so, right. so he's yeah. That's it. That's Start that story, story again. Who's who's related to what? Little Birdie's, um, the what's what's her name from Little Birdie? Um, I don't know. She's she's a sister of the fella from Empire of the Sun. Oh, all right. Yeah, that was a way easier way to say it, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I just I try to keep it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so they're, they're really the albums that I thought like, I didn't want to get a huge list, man. We've been going for a little while here. I don't want to keep it too fucking long. But there was the shout out list, and the shout out list is fucking that I've got here is the Living End. Brilliant shout out. 
But again, it's a second album that they took their stride. But Jesus yeah, Christ, no, they're Australia's a monster a band. Hardest working band in Australia. Fucking, I'll tell you, they are flat out. Oh my God. And one of the greatest guitarists. Joe. He's like John Mayer yeah. level guitarist. Totally. You know? totally. Yeah. No, I bet um, totally John Mayer. Yeah. Uh, the Church. Church. You might yeah. have brought up In Excess. In Excess. But I put yeah. it as a shout out instead of having a debut album. Midnight Oil I have on that list. You've got to have Cold Chisel on there as well. I've got Cold Chisel on this list. Yeah. i got Min- Crowded House on this list. I've got Tame Impala on this list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, whatever. Midnight Oil though. I put Powderfinger as well. Nice one. Yep. And I put um, Nick Cave and the, and the, see, the Bad Seeds. See, Powderfinger, we're talking starting the second album. They just went ballistic. Exactly, they, exactly. They I know. I, I wish like, I could have added them. I, I really wish I could have. But saw, their first yeah, album, no, no not no, really. I saw them down at the, what's the, I'm um, down on Charles Street. So, right. The Charles Hotel? Oh, it's, it's not the Charles. It's, um, it's where there's a gentleman's club there now. Wouldn't know. No, I'm sure. We'd have a clue no, what you're talking uh, about, John. Um, so, and that's why I can't remember either. But um, I saw Regurgitator and Powderfinger there, at, like it's on some Friday night. What year? It would have been shit. It would have been '93 or something like. Fucking hell! Yeah, that would have been heyday. Powderfinger wouldn't have blown up at all by then. No way. No, that was, was way 90, later. '93. No, no, was it between? Look, it was before, yeah, it was when they were just starting to tour, doing a lot of tours, both of them, and started getting a little bit of radio play. So that was, um, you know, so what was the year? Yeah. 95. it was second or third oh, album of that really, that really fucking popped off. Uh, it it did, didn't happen quickly for them. It wasn't like a fucking coming out of the gate like Empire of the Sun did or what Jet did or whatever. Powderfinger had a bit of a slow burn, but they fucking burnt well and long, and they're still really good. And fucking, I think like you know, a couple of months ago on the podcast, I talked about their new release album or whatever. That of all the fucking leftover recordings from their hit album, really, yeah, which probably would have been twenty ten-ish. I don't know. Don't have the numbers with me. Fuck it. Who really? cares? Right. Yeah. It's all double the, double allergic. Yeah. So the only th- other shout out I had was the Angels. Oh yeah. Um, but that's just because they've kind of grown into their things. But there's a couple of others as well, like Spider Bait, we should talk about. Maybe, who knows? They're, they're still a, yeah. a fucking Australian band that's done something. Like Jebediah? Jebediah again. Uh, what about, um, yeah. Yeah. So there, there is there is a whole bunch of weird little shout out bands of like. Birds of Tokyo? All, yeah, Birds of Tokyo. But, uh, you know, I could Eskimo Joe? Eskimo Joe's a good one to fucking. To highlight because they, 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 they did were something. amazing, didn't they? But they what? did a lot before they because they were again Perth boys, right? Yeah, and so they again did a hell like let's say two or two albums or so before they hit it big with that Black Fingernails Red Wine song yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, it took them a while to get there. I remember yeah. them being just like they were competing with like bands like Motor Race and, and like in that, that sort of skater punk sort of scene, right? And then they decided to take it easy for a second and wrote a fucking hit. What was their song? Sweater. I think Sweater was their first song. As in Sweater. I get knitted a sweater. And um, Fair enough, man. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's not super memorable for me. But anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. So yeah, Australia's done some fucking cool things. And all these songs are still played. Like Australia is proud of its artists oh. if they're good. Like once they make it, and and guess what? Sometimes it takes validation of the rest of the world before we think it good. That's just it's, it's just is what it is, man. That's what Australia's like. Yeah, we we 
don't like promoting our own until other people recognize them. It seems to be the case. Yeah, it's a, it's we're a, bit, a sad we're, state we're, of affairs. We're a bit weird. But, yeah, you know, a bit weird. But yeah, it's still some gold coming from this place. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, cheers, man. That, 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 that'll do. Hey, man. Good one. No, that was good fun. Really yeah. good fun. Thanks for having me on. Until next time. All right. So how did we do? There's probably a bunch that, if you're an Australian, you, you want to add to that list. And please do. Um, please help us flesh this thing out a little bit. Um, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of, of a lot of these bands or whatever, but I at least have listened to Australian radio my entire life, so I, I can appreciate its cultural significance. And if there's things that fell through the cracks... Let us know. You can hit us up on uh, Twitter or Instagram, which is at Jam Room Podcast. Or you can email me, um, which is Scott, with a double T, if you don't know how to spell Scott. Scott at thejamroom.com.au. And um, I'll definitely get back to you guys. Like, I'm, I'm very responsive on that. I, I know I'm new to Instagram, but I'm going to do better. I promise you guys, I'll do better. I'll get more photos. I'll get more content. I'll get more interaction with you guys. Um, so, so please follow, like, subscribe, or whatever, whatever the hell it is that you do on those things. And um, it'll be a lot more fun in the future if we make it uh, collaborative a little bit. Um, so what I'm going to leave you guys with today, because it's Australia Day, I'm going to leave you with something that's not copyrighted which is the Australian National Anthem. Let's hear it. Let's go for it. Happy Australia Day, folks. This is the, uh, the Jam Room Podcast. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy Australia Day. And um, hug your neighbours or whatever. We're all in this shit together. We're all eating a pile of dicks out here. And it's Australia Day. Let's celebrate. Let's